Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Zanan Allen, and just on behalf of the Become Investable team, I'd like to welcome everyone to the first of a series of roundtable discussions. So the format of today, we'll just start off with the discussion, and then at the end, we'll have a Q&A session, right? So with that, I want to thank you again for joining in, and I'll hand it over to our roundtable panel. Kevin, take it away. All right, Zanon. Thanks a lot. So, guys, again, welcome everybody to our very first roundtable discussion. This may not be your first webinar since this pandemic started. It may not even be your last webinar. But what we aim to do today, just to kind of separate ourselves from the other webinars you may have been in where you would have left feeling, okay, at best, okay, um, I feel good now. And at worst, why did I join that webinar? So today's focus and the panel and the panelists focus today. Although I mean these are very popular people on social media and um well any digital business space. Our focus today is to provide you with the tools needed to diversify your income stream, to build your businesses, or even to pivot your business during this very trying time. All right. So again. Thank you for joining us and welcome, Karen Rose, online business coach, digital entrepreneur. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Miss um, Shelly Ann Gadgeter, all the way from UK. You know, we wanted to Hi. do this. We wanted to do this panel around, around six o'clock in the evening, huh? but that's Shelly's <laughs> bedtime. Because you know, that, that, that's midnight, that's midnight by where Shelly's at. So we had to yeah. kind of adjust it. But, um, you know, so Shelly has been doing her thing, providing career and personal development coaching for yeah. the past year and nine months, roughly. Yes, yes. You know, and yes. It's, it's really interesting because both of you have these digital businesses, right? Yeah. And even, even then, even, even now, both of you have, have to pivot because of what's happened. So I just like to like, kind of start it off by saying, okay, Shelly, how, how did the COVID, how did COVID-19 pandemic affect you? And, you know, what have, what, what have you done differently now? Right. So thank you so much, Become Investable team. Shout out to Karen and to all of the persons that are in here and decided to take the time to, you know, really learn from us and to exchange. So with regards to, you know, how COVID-19 has impacted on my business, generally speaking, Alpha Suit is a business that has always been a virtual one. So we've always been online. Uh, with regards to COVID-19, what we've definitely seen is an increase in our undertaking for services as well as offering free services to meet the overwhelming demand that we've had. We've now seen entrepreneurs being interested in pivoting, being interested on getting online. We have had some conversations around career transitioners as well, since some people may have lost jobs. And there is also a big deal around diversification of your income portfolio. So how can you create you know, different streams of income and really maximize on social media, not just as uh, something that we use when we're just in downtime or just as an extracurricular activity, but actually something that can be used to make money. Um, so with regards to Alpha Suit, I would say that 
if, if not, we have been positively impacted by COVID-19. And what that has done for us as a company is just uh, ensured that we have the capacity to meet the demand. And that means that, of course, my diary needs to be opened up more. Um, but we also need to be very selective in how we uh, bundle our services to ensure that we, you know, we hit on target. So, for instance, group webinars is something that we do so we can cater to a lot of people at the same time. Um, as well as having one day that is designated to speaking to 20 persons for free. Uh, so it really is about trying to see how you can impact uh, a large number of people at the same time. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. You know, it's funny for me, right? So I left my, you know, my steady permanent job two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Yes, February 29th. Two, roughly two weeks before this pandemic was at its peak on where you know everybody started to lock down and everything right. and it was it was like for me i didn't feel like oh god boy what's i gonna do now you know because <laughs> it's in my mind i was already thinking even even back when i was still an employee there or not i was already thinking hey we need to go digital this is yeah. the digital age mm-hmm. you know we like you need um you need to be lean and you need to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna yeah. scale your business with with minimum spend right so I know Karen, you're the you're the king of that, right? You've been <laughs> you've been shouting this from the mountaintop for a couple of years now. And yeah. uh, Karen, you know me. You know I like to I like to be researched and prepped before we start doing yeah. a doing a, a session. And I saw ten minutes ago you decided to drop an article on <laughs> <laughs> on how COVID nineteen <laughs> has affected your business. You know, so I mean, I didn't get to read the full article because I, I had a webinar yeah, to host, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, I mean, just tell us, just kind of walk us through how how it affected your business and what sort of pivoting you had to do. Um, I think for me, um, it it kind of shifted how I how I was going to go about um, the teaching of online business because so with Droid Island, Droid Island's been set up for e-commerce. For, for over two years now, right? So nothing's changed with that. I create content, um, traffic goes to my website, I sell, um, I still work with uh, companies in creating content. So nothing has changed with, with Jordan Island, right? Um, with the Karen Rose brand of, of online business coaching, um, I did a stint. I took a, I took a job for six months last year and I was able to reinvest into my brand in, for, in the form of doing more workshops, teaching people about online business, social media marketing, uh, e-commerce strategies. And what that investment allowed me to do was strike up the partnership with, with Eastern Credit Union. So the minute that, that partnership was, was signed, sealed, and delivered, I went back into everything 110% full-time. But because in the Caribbean, we are still, people still need to hold you, touch you, feel you, smell you before they trust you, right? And we still have to kind of hold people's hands in a physical presence before they are even thinking about making a jump to doing things online. So the goal with the Eastern Credit Union partnership was online business and entrepreneurship. So I was going to be doing the workshops twice a month as I've been doing since November, right? So now that COVID-19 happened, well, that entire plan just got shoved to the back burner, right? Speaking engagements, because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't um, 
speaking wasn't always uh, something that, that I was doing. This year was a focus for me. So I had speaking engagements booked. I had the workshops booked and all of that just kind of got pushed aside. So now that, you know, those, and those were all revenue streams coming in, right? right? So now that forced me to say, okay, you know what? My philosophy of teaching people here was do it in the physical and bring them online. Now I got to just start with online and just work from that, right? So now um, I know for me personally, as a, as a, when you're a small business owner, one of, your, one of your greatest assets is your ability to pivot without any sort of, you got to go take it to the board. You got to go get this person involved. If you want to do something, you just do it. Right. So rather than going out to anybody, right, rather than going out to, to ECU, rather than going out to any of the partners that I've worked with on sponsorship for other things, I just decided, you know what? Now is the time that I'm going to start doing my own workshops through webinars and I'll just build my own platform and do my own thing and test and see how that goes. Um, and in doing that, I decided, you know what, it's time to rebuild my website. It's time for me to put myself out there more as the online business coach and teach people those methods and just build my own platform. So it's really, folk, it's really helped me, you know, uh, just change my philosophy and how I do things mm-hmm. and research how to get all of it done. And just go out and do it. That's excellent, man. All right. So again, you have to, to think very carefully and critically about, about our audience today, right? And oh, by the way, everybody, um, this is gonna be maybe about a 40-minute conversation, and then we're gonna open up open up for QA at around the 40-minute mark. So you could feel free to get your keep your questions coming in through the chat, but let's keep the chat questions focused for now for now. All right, so Again, thinking about the audience, people are at different points, right? Yeah. So for me, a couple of years ago, I decided, hey, let's let's start a podcast. You know, we wanna we wanna give give voice to black businesses from the Caribbean. But uh, I mean, there might be people who just cool, working a working a decent job, working a steady job. You know, they may have they may have a Facebook account, uh, Instagram account, maybe even a linked a LinkedIn account. Bonus points if you have a LinkedIn account with a picture. Yeah, <laughs> but. But, but when you when you you need to sit down in that seat and then you see what's happened now and you're like oh gosh boy no no what do I do I mean I'm you're looking down you already don't know how much longer your company is gonna be able to pay you you know you have already you have all these worries going on like sitting in that seat what do you what what do you think you should do first and I guess this kind of speaks to what you do Shelley in terms of helping people find their purpose like right. how do they decide all right what's What's my next move? How do I de- how do I determine what's my next focus? Yeah, and, and you know that's really interesting that you've asked that because a large a large percentage of the persons that have been activating our services recently are persons that have lost jobs and are persons that are thinking to career transition because they see the incoming uh, possibility of them being let go or becoming redundant. And one of the things that I really advocate on my platform is the fact that we are shifting in in terms of an economic standpoint, we're shifting from that of a labor economy to one that is an identity economy. And Kevin, I would have talked about this with you, but for those of you who are in here, really pay attention to this point. I want you to write down 
identity economy. What we are seeing is that previously, and you know, maybe centuries, I would say the last, yeah, maybe the last hundred years, we have been in the labor economy where there has been an exchange of your, your time and your labor, and in return, you get a wage, all right? And it, it usually is hinged on um, some type of manual work that you would do. Now, what we're seeing in this economy is much more of presence and emphasis on one's identity. So now people are buying in to persons that they can relate to or they have a value add to. So for instance, I would, I would work with Shalyang Yachida because of what she represents. So I would work with Karen Rose because of what he represents. So we're not really seeing anymore a situation of, okay, this is, you know, this is the merit or this is the skills that this person has, but there's something around personal branding and identity. And for those who are in this space where, you know, you're thinking, all right, what can I do next? I would say the biggest thing is to start really creating much more of a value add and an asset around your identity. Um, and that's why things like online coaching is becoming such an emergent industry. Um, things, things that are even replacing artificial intelligence. So for instance, lawyers and secretaries, we're seeing, you know, virtual executive assistants coming up. And it's simply because people are really taking ownership of their brand and making that as uh, something that can actually become dollars and cents. So for anybody who, in here who might be um, thinking about career transitioning or you're thinking about what can be a next step, I would strongly suggest looking at your expertise and trying to pin that down into an identity that can be monetized um, and really capitalizing um, and taking ownership of your academic or professional journey and and making it your own um so branding i would say is the biggest thing right now interesting you know and identity that can be monetized that's really yeah. really interesting i think i think we could um come back and dig into that a little bit yeah. a little later as we progress um so karen i know for you you have a you have a slightly you have a kind of scientific approach to getting people um, understand what it is that you know they should really focus their energies on you know where you get a, a pen and paper and you, you draw two columns say what you like what you what you want to do what can you see yourself doing like this kind of walk us through that a little bit so i think what were what the the points that shelly addresses is bang on um the brands are really going to get you they're going to get you clientele right they're going to they're going to be able to define your identity and get and attract the right people um and it, it starts really with taking stock of your skills and also your personal interests. If you can take some time to self-reflect, so the, the exercise that Kevin, that Kevin mentioned is something that I tell people to do, is, you know, you take, a couple, take three days, you write down every single interest that you, that you, that you have, anything that you, that you like, just in general. You're not thinking about a business. You're not thinking about making money. You just write down all the interests that you that you that you think you have or you might be interested in. And then after that two, three-day period, you begin to just start to cross off what you can't see yourself doing over a five-year period. Mm -hmm. When you get down to the very last three interests, research the hell out of everything and figure out, well, what really you know, floats your boat and dive right into it. Because the beauty of the, of the, of the skills economy that we are in is that you can take your interests, you can take your skills and brand it and monetize it. And one of the things that, that um, one of the stats that 
Teachable. Um, if, if you guys don't know about Teachable, Teachable is a learning management system platform. People can create their courses online and share it with the world, right? Teachable had in their summit, they released the, the weirdest courses that earned over six figures US in revenue for, 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 for last year. And those two courses, every time I every time I go back to that interview, I have to laugh because it just goes, it's a testament to you being able to turn anything you want into a business. And those two courses were, um, one was how to define the copper deficiency in goats. I was like, that's a problem. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very big problem. That's a problem. <laughs> and you, you know, a lot of us like goat cheese and all those things. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem, right? So this, this course creator has created the course on how to find copper deficiency in goats. And that is one of the, that is one of the weirdest highest incoming courses on Teachable. The second one was intermediate blacksmithing. I was like, there's beginner blacksmithing? There are people out here running around with, 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 with swords and shields going to war on horseback? Like, how is this a thing? But then you think of Game of Thrones and then you think of like everybody who'd be into that thing. You're like, okay, it makes sense, right? The point is, is that you, we live in a time where you can say, I like this and I can dial into this. There is a community that you have access to globally um, that you can create or, 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 or tap into and you can build a business off of that. For me, I started with phones. The fact that, you know, my mom could laugh and she's like, you still obsessed with phones, boy? Since you was in, since you was in high school, you, you, you like tech and phones and now this is a business? But it's just a testament to, you know, you can take any skill you want, any interest you want and turn it into a brand and you can monetize yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. You know, I guess it's really that that sort of deprogramming the, your mindset. You know, because that's where that's where it really, really starts. No matter what you're doing, right? Your first thing you need to adjust is your is your mindset, right? So it's right. so a deprogram that mindset into in terms of okay, what what is a business and what is a hobby, and and it's really draw that nexus. Okay, well, this hobby could actually turn into a business. So I had started a, a podcasting hobby, and fingers crossed. It might soon become a business. <laughs> right? So, so again, all right. So people might have hobbies where they want to, they may be cooking doubles at home, um, making their own, their, their own KFC, their own versions of KFC fried chicken and everything. Right. But, but it's, again, it's time to go digital. Yeah. How do we, how do we go about letting people know, Hey, I could teach you how to do this and mm-hmm. it might actually be worth your while to pay me to teach you how to do this or maybe worth your while to pay me to show you this or or to get or maybe you want to get somebody to sponsor you like maybe if watching me do this is so interesting that you mr advertiser you mr brand you want to you want to pay me to to mention your brand so like if i want rum company wants to get involved with me so anyway so how do you I just have to do that. I just always have to do that, right? So, so how, so again, how do we kind of revitalize our, our social media presence? Should we start with social media presence? And I know there's a, a topic that two of yeah. you might have a, some slightly major different views on, right? But um, you know, should we start with the social media presence? Should we get the website first and then then build the social media presence? Like, how do we think about all of this? Because remember, we just I mean we had a full time job. We had we had a minimal social media presence, but now we need to find ways, alternative ways to make money and enjoy doing these things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Karen. Karen. 
Yeah. Who wants to, who wants to go first? I don't know. Ladies first, ladies first, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I would say, I mean, my, my take on it, and I think I'm, this is, I mean, it's publicly known because I have shared a YouTube on, on my own opinions around, you know, what should come first. And, and I am a strong believer of building an audience first. Um, and the reason why I say that is simply because we spend a lot of time on social media as a place to pass time, as a as a place to just kind of connect with people. And a lot of times we're not we're we're not realizing that you know our audience is actually right there at our fingertips. And it's the only reason why we haven't seen them as an audience is simply because we we are not looking at social media in that way. You know, we're not thinking about monetization. We're not thinking about getting online. So now with COVID-19, we're starting to look at social media with a different lens and say, hmm, you know, maybe this is a platform where I can do something on here. So for me, I, I strongly suggest building an audience. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons why I say that. Um, firstly, uh, you know, you have people on there that already know you and it's either family or friends. And one of the biggest rules of entrepreneurship, particularly when you're starting, you're now starting off with an idea, a product or a service is your biggest um, investors are your FNFs and that is family and friends. And when you think about where family and friends are, sometimes it's mostly on our social media platforms, right? Um, so for me, I would strongly suggest in building up an engaged audience. Now, for somebody that might not have experience in even being online in that way and, and pitching yourself in that way, I would say when I first when I first started talking about, you know, I have a business and this is what um, I want to do and this is what I can provide, one of the most important things was announcing what I have to offer. You know, because the world only knows what you have to offer if you say it. You know, we can't expect for the world to just know what you have as an offer. So I think it's really important for us to just reach to that stage where, or at that stage of confidence to be able to say, you know, this is what, these are the ideas that I have on offer. This is what I've been noticing. Um, I'm really using some of our engagement tools. So for instance, DMs to polls to kind of ask, to kind of get people to engage because where we have to move our audience from just viewing to actually engaging. And the only way we can do that is like literally asking, when you look at YouTube videos, for those of you who watch YouTube videos, at the end of the videos, you have these YouTubers saying, please subscribe to my channel, you know? And it's, it's, it's a chorus that they say every single time after their videos. And one of the other things about it is, you know, not just announcing what you do, but being consistent, you know? Every single day when I, when I decided that I wanted to start a business, I was consistent. Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to see Shelly on there talking about the same thing, the same thing. Because generally speaking, social media is saturated with information. You know, when we're scrolling, it is less than a second that people are spending on the timeline. So you have to constantly say the same thing over and over and over again for people to catch on. Um, so it's about one, announcing what you do and two, being consistent. Now, there is a lot of work to do before that. And the work to do before that is confident build, confidence building. Right. And I think that's where my expertise as well as Karen's expertise comes in, in terms of, you know, making you assured that you have the confidence and the positioning to do that. 
Yeah, because that I mean that's that's why I wanted to to go next. Because I mean, yeah. a lot of people don't necessarily want to put themselves out there, right? I mean, yeah, they want to, they want, they want, they want the brands or their business or whatever it is to stand aside from their personal aside identity. From them. Yeah. yeah, you know, depending on you don't know what they do as a day job or well, I don't yeah. know if they live in a double life, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah you, some a lot of people wanna wanna just kind of keep themselves out of the limelight, but they yeah. want. The, their work to be showcased so i mean would you say that's a confidence thing or would you say that's more of a um i don't know like would you say it's a confidence thing i do think it's a confidence thing and i think it's it comes back to you know the traditional work work framework that we have been under which is we work for someone you know and now now this is this this change in the economy is shifting us to really stand on our own um, and really make something of ourselves. When we look at the people that are thriving in this time, it's people who are standing on their strengths. Um, and I think it's definitely a confidence thing. And it's not, it's reasonable because we have been in this mundane and monotonous system of working for someone. Um, so I do believe it's a confidence thing, but I'd love to hear Karen's point on, on this with confidence. Well, so would I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying hearing you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Karen <laughs> Karen almost finished his drink just now. <laughs> my drink at the brim. <laughs> my drink is um, okay. You know what? And, and, and you know what? Okay, so let me let me get back to the original question as to as to what comes first. And Shelly is is right. Like you have to build your audience, right? But how we go how we go about it is just different because there's an audience on social media, but there's an audience on the search engines. People are Googling their problems every single day. We don't Google our, we, we don't search for our problems on social media. So for me, when I started out, my thing was, um, how do I answer the questions people have in my niche? And I'm lucky that I had someone to help me in the very beginning to say, yo, you can build your website. And when I built my first Rhode Island website, that costed me less than 500 TT to build a professionally done website, right? And then I learned about a variety of SEO tools from the jump, and, that were, and those tools were free. So what those tools allowed me to do was I got to see all of the data for what everybody is searching for online. I literally had all the information for what people are searching for on search engines. So everything they Google, I would, I'd be able to figure out what they're looking for and then create content around it. So when I created my website for peanuts, put that online, learned what people were looking for, I would then write a blog that answered that question. And then because I had things like my, my email marketing and stuff like that set up, and I had things like Google Search Console that allows for even some really deep analytics to give me information on the people that visit my website and how I'm being found, I had a lot of data from the very beginning. So when I now created that content, I created the blog, I went to social media for distribution of the content, and I treated social media as breadcrumbs to come back to my website. Because when people come back to my website, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't know about. 
What's happening on your website? What is your, is your website? I boogie trap Karen. What's happening with your website? <laughs> well, every everybody knows, right? Um, you have like you go to any website. Websites tell you, hey, this this website, you know, has cookies and it's used to create a better experience on the website, right? And we have all these tools that allow you to. <clears throat> retarget people so when people come to the website and you have your things like your facebook pixel your google pixel tag your site visitors that now you can create these audiences on whether it's google whether it's facebook that now allow you to remarket your products and content to anybody who visits your website these are things i learned from the jump and i was like yo if i can build my website as this powerful integrated hub use social media to, yes, raise the awareness and bring people back, people could now come to my email list, people could get tagged by my pixels, people could get tagged by my notification marketing, people can now purchase products on my website, and I was always able to start selling and doing a lot more and raise my profile from very early. And one of the things that blogging and getting my content out there and understanding how SEO worked from very early was if I were to focus 100% on social media in the beginning, right? Putting content out there, people would look at my, my metrics, my followers, likes, and they would judge if I'm credible or not, right? Yeah. When I built my website and my blog, properly optimized for SEO, and like I said, I learned this stuff very, very early. When people are Googling, how do you input a Digicel APN? And I'm ranking for all of my competition. I'm ranking higher than Digicel, B-Mobile, Huawei, Samsung, in all of the questions people are asking about online. Who looks like the automatic authority in the space without the numbers? Because people come to me all the time and they're like, yo, you don't have a big Instagram following. How, why is... Huawei, Digicel, Samsung, why are all these companies working for you? And that's because my content has always reached the CEOs and the highest level execs. And my, my business was always able to build from top down. So once the executives see my value, they don't care about my numbers because they already have the platform, they, but they don't have my content. So for me, I always focused on going that route, but then using social media to bring people to my, to my, to my platforms. You know that's. I mean, that's 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 pretty genius. That's pretty cool, right? So, Karen, you know, like what I'm visualizing as you're saying that. So, I'm I'm visualizing people visiting your website and you standing up on top of a roof with some binoculars on, looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking at what they're doing, while while Shelly, you know, is on the ground talking to them, say, "Hey, what do you want? What do you need? How do you feel today? You, rock. <laughs> you know." So, so yeah. Shelly, am, am I painting this? Am I painting this right? Like, yeah, um, so, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I definitely think you are painting it right. Um, it come it comes down to you know the what it is you're trying to do. Firstly, you know, um, and that is why Karen and I are in this space um, talking about this this afternoon. It really comes down to what is your interest and who are you trying to who are you trying to target? Um, for Alpha Suit, you know, we focus more on individuals. So of course, having that closer connection to individuals is 
paramount for us um, and how, how best to do that but through social media. Um, but of course, if it is you are targeting corporates, that strategy that, that Karen has, has spoken about works significantly. And I love that he touched on blogs, um, particularly uh, with regards to tying it into you know branding and identity and stuff. For somebody who is trying to introduce themselves um, as somebody who is authoritative in this space and who has the expertise, you know, I have talked about branding as um, br branding as something that we should focus on, and blogs is a great way to start. Um, particularly, I mean, when it is you when you search your name, um, that is something that has the potential to come up in the first pages of Google. Uh, so, for me, I would say that. When it came to me really focusing on getting clients that were engaged and getting clients that um, wanted to, to have an interest in AlphaSuite and really, and really use the service, I got to their pains. I got straight to their pains. You know, I asked questions. And I, one of the things I want to say about building a business is, you know, budding entrepreneurs should have two things. Time to be able to put into developing this business and two research skills, research, Ooh. research, research. And Karen talked about it, you know, with regards to, you know, researching what it is, is out there um, and seeing what people do uh, because a big influencer for me was benchmarking, you know, seeing who is in the space, seeing what it is they do, not copying people, please, please, please not copying, not replicating, but, you know, adding value and making sure that, you know, you, you are able to find shortcuts. And a big part of that is with regards to research. So for me, I had to find out what were people's pains, you know, what is the issues that they were confronting with regards to career transitioning, with regards to um, university applications. And the only way um, that was best for me to do that specifically because I was, I am based in London, but serve the Caribbean region was through asking questions online, through getting them to tell me, um, give me information. And, and let me tell you, you'll be so surprised how people are willing to talk about themselves. People are so willing to tell you their stories. And if there is anybody in here thinking about starting a business, please don't give me the excuse that, oh, people are not willing to talk to me. No, 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 no. When you ask somebody something about their story, their pains, this is probably the, the conversation that they've been waiting for all week because they can't wait to vent to you. They can't wait to share with you what has been going on because what in, in them sharing that, they are also foreseeing that you might have a solution for them. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions on social media. Don't be afraid to, to, to get in touch with people and, you know, really engage and make the, make the platform and the space a much more social one because we, we need to move from just scrolling to really engaging. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, I wanted to add on to that. Yeah. Um, so I love what you said. And, I, and you know what? I think one of the, one of the things that, that I would add to that is like for me and my approach, it was never to work with corporate because mm -hmm. I'm always looking at the pain points of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. My research is to understand what are they looking for? so that I can now create that content to make the most relevant content. Because a lot of times people don't know how to verbalize what yeah. the pain points are. 
but I can look at the data and see, okay, they're struggling with how to program a Samsung S20 or how to take pictures, whatever, and I would create that, that content. Mm -hmm. And then what I did was as a small, as a, as a up and coming entrepreneur, mm -hmm. one of the, one of the pain points that we have is capital. Capital has killed more entrepreneurship dreams than anything else. So for me, what I did was I was able to use the data to create this content. And then I used a platform like LinkedIn to connect and get my content in front of all the right people. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to establish partnerships and whatnot, I was then able to now work with the companies to turn around and do workshops for free. Because a lot of the workshops that you see sponsored by me for the public, yeah. I don't charge a penny for. And that's because I'm able to tap in and work with people to get those, to access those resources, to turn around and address the pain points without having to monetize the audience. So we do a lot of the same things. These are two very good approaches. It's just, again, she, Shelly, will definitely come out and talk to you for me I'm, I was, I've always been a bit more reserved and a bit more introverted. So, you know, let me, <laughs> let me jump on the computer, do my homework, and just be very precise with how I show up and with how I write. You know, even, even, um, even when you're showing up and you're creating content, don't feel like you have to start with video. Don't feel like you have to do a podcast. And it's great because Shelly does good video. Kevin does podcasts. Me in the beginning. So my, pod, I, my podcast not good? Oh, I don't understand. I think great. I think great. I think great. I think great. You know, and starting, I wasn't comfortable doing video or doing audio. I decided, you know what? Let me write. Yeah. Writing allowed me to show up consistently on a medium that I was comfortable in because I didn't want to do video. I didn't want to do audio. I wanted to be able to just write. And as I got more comfortable you know, putting myself out there more and more and more, mm -hmm. then I decided, you know what, let me do yeah. video. Let me and, do the podcast. And, and I think one of the things I want to say about this, right? Because, you know, we talk about two different strategies, but, but even though they are different strategies, they are consistent. They yeah. are very clear brand voices. They are very clear, um, they're, they're very clear in terms of their direction and in terms of the types of steps that we take and the types of content that we release and we generate. Um, and I think that's really important, particularly in this time. You know, recently I posted on LinkedIn and I talked about, you know, so much distortion that is happening right now with so many people jumping online and going on lives and having collaborative talks. And it's not being <laughs> right? And it's not How do you feel now. today, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> And I just want to say, I just want to say, you know, that that comes back to this whole consistency thing, because, you know, when you are showing up online, you got, you have to be clear about what the offering is. What is it that you are giving to your audience and that what is it that they can always find when they come to your platform? You know, because one of the things I see on social media, which is a big, big no-no, is you're a pilot, you're a hairdresser, you're a chef, you are a, and so much things in your bio. And I'm left wondering, well, what, who are you? What do you offer? What is it that we're getting here? And it's a missed opportunity, you know? So I want um, this audience, you know, in thinking about how are you going to present yourself online to really get clear on what the offering is? 
And that consistency is is something that will never we, we could never stress enough because since I started in 2016, you know, I pretty much create content almost every single day, whether it's from my platform or another platform or depending on the medium, because it might not have to be a video every day. It could be an IG story. It could be a notification marketing post. It could be an email post, but you will always hear from me in some form or fashion every single day. And depending on my mood will dictate, you know, how, how in depth that piece of content gets, or if it's just a touch base, but the consistency is again, something that Shelly brought up that, that cannot be stressed enough. Yeah. All right. So we covered, we covered getting started. We, we covered kind of getting comfortable, getting a name out there. I just want to kind of stick a, stick a quick bookmark here where, where um, Shelly mentioned where people may be afraid to tell their story in a public forum, but on a one-on-one basis, you know, they, they, they're very free to open up. So Shelly, Karen and myself, we all have in our calendars, especially during this time, we have opened up free discovery call sessions, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes where you could talk to us about your story. Um, we could possibly help it based on our individual skill sets or what, or what we focus on. And, you know, so you could go ahead and book that kevinvalley.com slash contact, karenrose.com, alphastute.com slash book, I believe it is, Shelly. Yeah, I booked, I, I booked sessions with Shelly before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to monetization, yeah. right? So Shelly, in your, in your video where you spoke about the, the merits of social media as an alternative to being a, a website, you're yeah. saying that social media is actually, actually um, is e-commerce optimized. Yeah, while, while, um, while in Karen's, in Karen's blog and in his content, he mentions, hey, that may be true, but not so for people in the Caribbean. Indeed. Right? Yeah. So whoever wants to go first, let's just kind of dig into that real quick. Right. So I'll touch on social media as an e-commerce platform. Um, and I'll, I'll start with, you know, when I was building AlphaSuit. So I looked at, I looked at building my Instagram as if I, I approached it as if I was building a website. Right. So from my bio to um, my, the, the call to action buttons that I had to the third party service providers that I used, it was very much around not having a website, but basically sending people over to booking platforms where they can book time with me. So for instance, platforms like Calendly, Acuity, Set, Setmore, these are third party, free yeah. third party booking platforms where people can book a session with you and it goes straight into your calendar. It's synced to your calendar. So I didn't have to have a website for that. And then with regards to payment, how I was able to do that was through PayPal. Now, I know that PayPal is, a, is, a, is not the most optimum platform, particularly for persons that are based in the Caribbean. It's a very kind of tedious process, but it was the only thing that worked at the time for me. So I've used PayPal and the PayPal Me um, link as well to be able to get persons um, to, to, to pay, pay for my services. Now, what I would say, um, particularly since I have a social media presence that is over 10,000K, that comes with certain perks. Um, oh. One of the biggest perks, yeah, one of the biggest perks. <laughs> 
that that comes with is obviously the swipe up button, which has been, I mean, I mean, when I, I can tell you that the majority of my monetization comes from that swipe up. And, you know, what that shows is that when people are so engaged with you, um, and you, they really buy into your branding. And when I say buy in, not to, not to falsely advertise yourself, but to really genuinely and authentically show up as who you are and what you offer, you realize how, um, how engaged your audience is to, to buy something from you and they trust your opinion. And, and, you know, Karen, you talked about trust, you know, that building of trust and saying that, you know, we need to build trust face to face. But one of the things that we also need to really focus on is building trust online. And there's a big question around, you know, how do you do that? And it is about one credibility, of course, you know, saying that I have these things under my belt, this experience, I've worked with these people. These are the results that I have been able to achieve. And also, again, consistently, you know, singing the same song. I think people and, 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 and not to, not to, you know, make this as anything negative, but uh, you cannot fool the public, you know, and long ago, we used to use social media to fool the public. You're home and you're taking a picture and, yeah. you're, you're, and you're thinking that you're living a great, nice life. And it's far removed from that. The public cannot be fooled. And it's simply because what, we're, what we need to realize is the customers be get, getting so much closer to our offering, our product offering, and they have so much more of a say now. Um, so a big part of my monetization has been my swipe up. And it's simply because I spent time building my audience. And since I've spent time building my audience, I now enjoy that swipe up, which I would say is 90% of my revenue. Okay. I could say that. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And I, I mean, okay, that's lovely. That's lovely. All right. So we have a, a lot of questions coming in. I know, I know Karen, could do about five webinars on this question alone. Because <laughs> I, I have. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has. Right. So Karen, I, yes. I don't know. I don't know if you want to opine on, you know, the e-commerce and payments and stuff. I don't know if you, can you do it in uh can you do it in two minutes? So let's just yeah, 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 can yeah. You put you under that pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no scene. That's no scene. Um honestly, one of the one of the big adjustments for me moving from because me and Shelly have actually done the reverse. Shelly, you grew up in Trinidad and then made your way out to, to the UK. Okay. I was raised my, my whole life in, in, in Toronto and then made the move to, to Trinidad a couple years ago, right? So one of the big changes was how social media and the feature set and options that were available to the Canadian market got stripped away from me moving into the Caribbean market, right? So when it comes to monetizing um, your online presence, we don't have some of the key features to be able to monetize as some of the other markets would, would, would do. So up until 2018, I enjoyed product tagging. I would make my posts on my social feed and in my IG stories. I would tag my products and I would be able to um, give the, the direct information on the product tap. And that would then carry you to my website to then process the payments if you wanted to place your order. That is a significant feature that even Instagram has themselves has said has solidified um, Instagram as a platform to do e-commerce that we don't have access to in the Caribbean. Now, if you are somebody who does not have over 10K followers, I don't, 
Swipe up is only available if you are sponsoring an IG, an IG story, right? So a lot of the commerce features cannot happen on social media, right? Even Facebook themselves, you can check out on Facebook. If you build a Facebook shop, Facebook in the US has a payment processor integrated to process directly on Facebook that we don't have access to outside of the US, right? So how we build our shops on social media would be, you can build a Facebook shop, Instagram can then pull whatever data you put into a Facebook shop and give you the shopping bag on, on, on Instagram and people can click, but then it's gonna redirect you to your website, right? So that's key for us to understand from a Caribbean perspective and using social media to process or to monetize. And then because we don't own the platforms, we can't directly monetize. When you have your website, there's a few, there's a few ways I monetize on my website. For one, I have Google AdSense on my Droid Island website. So I get a check from Google every month in US because of traffic visiting my website. That's one. I can upload my digital products, my eBooks and whatnot directly onto my website and sell directly onto my website. I can do affiliate marketing, embed uh, Amazon affiliates or whoever I want to affiliate with onto my blog post and on my website, which then give me more money. So there's a variety of ways that you can monetize. But again, social media is, is always going to be key in driving traffic. Yeah. But depending on your market, you may not be, not, not me, you will not be able to monetize depending on where you are watching this from. If you're in the States or the UK, you have features that here in the Caribbean we don't have. So we have to, we got to know what our tools are available to us to be able to monetize to, uh, to the best of our ability. All right, that is awesome. So we're about at the 54-minute mark thereabouts. I know <laughs> I kind of promised the audience that we'll get, we'll get to the questions by the 45-minute mark. We apologize for that. And we appreciate anybody who could stay on after 2 o'clock or so as we deal with these questions, right, if, you know, if possible. Um, so let's just get into the questions, right? Um, all right, so I see, I see Tammy ask a really good one. Shariel asked, all right, so let's go in order of, in order of, as they came. So Shariel asked, how do you build the confidence or what strategies do you recommend? So Shariel, I think this was to you when you're talking about um, putting together our brand voice yeah. and putting ourselves out there. Yeah. yeah. Right. So how do you build the confidence? I think one of the, I, I would say the biggest thing right now um, for, for somebody who might be struggling with speaking on your strengths and getting clear on your elevator pitch, right? What I tend to see very often when I sit with clients is they can tell me a plethora of your weaknesses, but they can't tell me a plethora of their strengths. And it, it speaks volumes. And I think what we have to really spend time on now in order to gain confidence, and when we think about confidence, confidence really comes from us being secure about our knowledge, you know, being able to speak on something that we know. We become insecure and less confident when we know that, listen, we kind of just trying to pass under the radar here because we don't know, we don't know it or we haven't done the research. 
And for somebody who might be wanting to build on that confidence, I would strongly suggest writing down what your significant achievements have been. And an achievement doesn't need to be an award. It doesn't need to be in a certification. It can be something that is measurable. It can be something that is impactful. It could be something that you've been doing for years. And we really need to get those strengths in front of our face and start to create an elevator pitch. So a one minute pitch, basically saying who you are and what it is you do well. Um, I know I'm telling you, when you guys first start this, you're going to realize how you fumble so much when it comes to your strengths, particularly if you're not in the, in the business of um, identity and building your brand. Um, so I would strongly suggest speaking more on your strengths. And another thing as well is ensuring that you are able to back up your claims by evidence. Again, um, this space is, you know, the online space is a very competitive one. Um, and, you know, this, this, this webinar is a great example of, you know, people that sit and, and speak on these, on, these, on these issues and these current, these current trend, trending topics. When you look at their portfolio, it is because they have a track record of either excellence or good work. And it com comes down to really being confident in terms of, you know, this is the proof that I have for that. So I would strongly suggest um, doing that and really practicing it. Practice makes perfect. I remembered, I mean, I coach people and I can tell you, about two months ago, I sat in a, in a board meeting with a bunch of directors. And when it was time to introduce myself, there were so much things that I missed. And it's simply because, you know, your elevator pitch continues to evolve. Um, your elevator pitch six months ago is not what is going to be now. And it's because you're expanding as a brand and as an identity. Um, so it's something that is constantly, um, it constantly needs practice. And we need to get comfortable talking about our strengths confidently. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll add two things to that. And I'll keep it very quick. One when you're starting out, uh, one way to help build your confidence is picking a platform that you are comfortable with. Um, some people, again, just lose confidence because they're like, you know what? I don't like video. And, <laughs> you know, that would be the roadblock for them even getting started. So there's a variety of ways you can put yourself out there. It does not have to be, you know, a podcast. It doesn't have to be a blog. It doesn't have to be a video. It's really important to understand where you are comfortable and utilizing that platform to, to at least start with. The second thing I would say is we, Shelly touched on a great point that I talk about all the time too with respect to building your portfolio. However, the most, the one thing that's more powerful than, a, than an expert talking to you is a beginner documenting their journey. We love to see people grow and elevate. If you can start to document your journey, right? You will gain a following. People will want to learn with you. However, you aren't going to try to monetize like you are some expert. Yeah. But you can begin to curate events and create opportunities for everybody to learn and even turn that into a business while you make money, while you are still growing and building that following. So those are the two things I'll add to that point. Okay. And, and that's interesting, you know, just, just, to, just, to put, just to add to that, that in this time of growth, you have to leave your ego at the door. If you want to learn, if you want to expand, if you want to get on there, if you want to announce yourself as somebody that has something to offer, you need to leave the ego at the door. Yeah. I, need to, I needed to say that. Yeah, yeah no, that's, no, good that's, that's good. That's good. All right. Um, letting everybody know that, that uh, recording of this webinar will be available later. 
you know, just letting everybody know in case they missed some previous topics or so that were covered in the, in the earlier part of the discussion. All right, so Johan Rodriguez is asking, in starting a business, how do you know, when do you know what content to offer for free and when to start monetizing your content? Karen, you want to take that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Um, so I keep, I have a very, um, my philosophy is this. The what and the how, the what and the why is free. The how is paid. So I will create a lot of content telling people what the problem is, why it's a problem, but then the how to fix it is what I would sell. The, the solution, the implementation is what I would sell. Now, when you start to go about monetizing it, it, well, it, dep- it, it depends on, 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 on what your goal is, right? So I can blog and monetize on my website through traffic coming into my website. And I wouldn't be monetizing the audience. There's a, there's a lot of ways to monetize. So I can monetize on traffic coming into the audience, but not sell a solution. What I can also do is I can blog on a website or or create this website and sell products. And that's another form of monetization, right? And you could use your content. So for like Droid Island, I don't make smartphones, right? But I create content that educates people on the products and people in turn go about purchasing from me, right? So there's there's a wide variety of ways to monetize, it, it, it definitely isn't something that I could wrap into just uh, a sentence or two because there's so many ways to monetize. It really is going to come down to where you are in your business. So if you're starting out, for me, I was monetizing off of traffic coming into my website. Um, and then two, I was monetizing with selling products. I would never have created the Android Aftercare 101 ebook the, the first month I came out and introduced myself. I did that two years in when I was already recognized as an expert in the space where I could then package my knowledge and sell that. But I was using my platform to sell products to help support the mission that I was, that, that I was on with my platform. So there's a wide variety. It, really, it will really come down to you know, what, what your business is and what your goals are. And then there's, uh, you, you, could, you could pick which which, pl- which or how to monetize makes sense for you. Lovely. Okay, so Avia Bennett asked, in an already competitive market, being from the Caribbean, how do I go about selecting what market or, oh, sorry, what market or industry I want to start my business in? Mm. Yeah, so, th- so that's interesting. And that, that is actually related to... Um, you know, my background uh, with regards to business formation and entrepreneurship. And I would say that, you know, when it comes down to market selection, the best place to start is the place where you have the most connectedness with and the most familiarity with. Um, I've seen entrepreneurs and, and, you know, we must be mindful that, yes, the online space, right, allows us to be global, right, To, to an extent, right? But the audience that is going to tap into our resources are the persons that are most connected to us, right? Um, and, you know, there's, there's seven, there's almost a, a, a different, different levels of connections. Um, same thing as in LinkedIn, you have your first connection, second connection, and that sort of thing. And I think it's really important for, you, for us to have a look at 
where our network sits and where the demand is. Um, now, this person would have asked, you know, how to go about selecting a market or, you know, what type of business to start. And it, it comes down to, you know, whether you're offering a product or a service. Um, and of course, if you're offering a service, you know, what is your expertise in that? And if you're offering a product, what is your ability to, to produce that product um, and the operations behind it? Because you don't want to, you don't want to be offering a product that takes an enormous amount of time to get to the, the target audience who's on the other side of the globe. Um, and you're ending up with a business that just has a demand, but is not viable. Uh, so I'd strongly suggest that you go with a business, with a, with a, a market that you are familiar with. Yeah. I would say, um, there are tools, right? So like one of the things that I love doing on some of my workshops is when we look at some of the tools that give out the data on the global market. So like, for example, one tool I'll, I'll just touch on here and then I could always send people to one of the webinars I would have done that, that goes into, into depth is a tool called Google Trends, where Google Trends shows you all of the data happening within the world during a time period and you could do keyword research. So I could say, you know what? Uh, let me type in doubles. <laughs> and select Trinidad over the last three yeah. months and see what are people, it, are people interested in doubles in that country over that time period? And that will now, when I get that data, I can now say, wait a minute, people are, people really like doubles in that country. So I can now do a couple of things. Do I want to create an ebook and teach people 10 recipes on how to make doubles? Do I want to create a YouTube channel and grow that YouTube channel on Caribbean cuisine and grow it to a point where I can monetize my YouTube channel? Because we can monetize YouTube right here in Trinidad and the Caribbean. People are getting paid in U.S. by doing that. We could even do affiliate marketing. So I could even do something like I could review all the Caribbean cookbooks and target that country with Google ads, Facebook ads, and do affiliate marketing selling books to that specific country and the company who's responsible for you know producing the books would be the ones directly shipping out to the people so there's a wide variety of, of ways to you know get a product to a country but it definitely will come down to again if you can start to utilize some of the seo tools that will allow you to get data and insights on the specific country on the specific keyword or key phrase that you are looking for and then you can start to make business decisions based around that yeah, there's definitely. there's also um you know one of the things that i find young budding entrepreneurs are facing is you know how do you go about research you know research is such a buzzword and how do you even do that so karen would have touched on google trends there's also something called market research uh, marketresearch.com is excellent um and it's used for bit it's used by business and in terms of you know industries and what is the trends right now in terms of uh, economic return so I think market research is great and there's also something called competitive Caribbean competitive Caribbean releases uh, a document every year which talks about what are the top industries that are trending at the moment in the Caribbean so check it out they are on LinkedIn as well so competitive Caribbean yeah lovely Lovely. So, and um, I remind people that everybody on everybody on the panel, we have we have office hours 
you have obviously you can book, you can book those discovery calls so if you want to do a deeper dive into any of the topics that we covered today any of the questions that you asked feel free to go ahead and book all right so tammy kato asks how can you transition from having an actual office to a virtual business slash working remotely as a sole trader who does not have administrative support listen well let me just touch on that real quick so the Philippines, Southeast Asia, you know, all these economies where they have a lower cost of living, you know, because the, the world is equalized right now, right? So you could get, you could get relatively inexpensive support and assistance. My podcast editor is from the Philippines and he's going to, he, he edits video as well, right? Um, yeah, you could get, if you go to virtualstafffinder.com, there's a library of virtual assistance that you can get from the Philippines. So I'll put that I'll put that link in the chat. That's virtualstaffinder.com. Yeah, people per hour as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shelly, I see you about to jump on that question. Oh no, um with regards to transitioning from um actual office to it was always digital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I've been digital for a while. And I think um, you know, the first the question is how can you? And I think it's you you just decide to do it, really. Um, I made that decision because of the fact that I had a, a solid nine to five um, and I had a I had an income that was sure at the end of the month. Um, but with regards to, you know, making sure that it is effective um, for me, I have an executive assistant. She is um, virtual, but she is not automated. So she's a real life person in Trinidad. Um, and the reason why I've, I've done that is simply because I still want that human touch to our business. Um, we are generally, um, online, but still I want, I wanted one person who is that, that port, that point of call. Uh, so with regards to transitioning, I think it's really important for you to, understand that there is a separation um, in your home and in, in your work life. And I actually have a webinar, not to plug it in or self-promotion, but I need to say that next week I have a plug. Plug city. Plug it. Plug it. <laughs> I have a webinar that is exactly going to talk about how to work from home effectively. But what I can say, it is about being very judicious about how you are using your nine to five. Um, we have switches that we can turn the lights on and off, but unfortunately when we work from home, there isn't a switch that we can touch and turn on and all of a sudden we're in business mode, right? So you have to, you have to be the, stri- the switch. You have to create triggers that would cognitively make you recognize that, okay, I am working from home. Um, so things like, I mean, dressing up, putting on makeup, coming to work um, and doing that. But what I would also say, is really creating a structure where you have administrative work as well as income generating work and focusing on how you do that. Now, it obviously depends on the type of job that you have, but I think the biggest thing is making that decision and then managing that decision. Um, And for me, I would say in my first three months, that was really what I focused most on, um, managing that decision because it is such a shift. And of course, COVID-19 is showing us this. It is such a shift from our usual routines. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Karen. Yeah. So this, this question is, is perfect for me because I actually did it. Yeah. So for me. And you just do it, I, right? You just. When I, when I say did it, I mean like the actual process. So yeah. I started, I had, a, I had a, a, a nine to five job plus I started my blog with, my blog with Jordan, right? right? I left my job and opened up a brick and mortar store. 
So I had a physical location, um, products on the shelf. You could have come to me in my store. Because I was creating content and I had a tech show with, with, with one of my boys, Devon. I had a tech show. I was creating content. I was not selling online. What happened was because my content started to pick up and I started to work with um, Huawei, Be Mobile, started to work with them to create content for their platforms, I started to get paid more from the corporate entities off of my intellectual property than my physical property, than my, than my physical store. The physical store had the overheads. I had rent, light, internet, water. I had to buy the products and stock the shelves for people to come in. The minute I got the taste of my first paycheck from B-Mobile, I was like, hey, I could do this. And I decided right then and there, you know what? I am going to go 100% into that. So at the time, again, capital was, is, is again, one of the biggest uh, killers for, for, for businesses. I had to hire a intellectual lawyer to manage my affairs with B-Mobile and to get that process started. The problem is that lawyer costed three times the rent of my store. So there was no way I could have said, let me start the process with, with, with B-Mobile and hire the, 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 the IP lawyer and keep my store. It was literally one or the other. I decided I'm going to close the store and I'm going to start to create content full time. And then what I did was, Droid Island was still open for business, but it forced me to learn how do I create an e-commerce business? And I then had to transition my, my blog, my, blog my, my website that was 100% blog, and rebuild it for e-commerce. So when I did that, right around the time WePay came out. So I learned how to integrate WePay, I rebuilt my website for e-commerce. I put all of my products online. And then what would happen is because um, e-commerce works with credit cards, for the people that did not have a credit card, since credit card penetration rate in Trinidad is so low, and we still, I would still get online bank transfers, I started to use systems like Wave to send out the invoices to manage all of my invoices. So at that point, transitioning from, and I'm still, I'm still a solopreneur, I had to learn about, okay, how, what are all the, the apps and systems that will help me streamline my process and still be effective? So for invoicing, I learned about Wave. For e-commerce, I learned about WePay so that they could process the payments. If people wanted to pay cash, I learned about PayWise so people could do cash deposits to me. So if for me, I had to learn about all of those systems that helped, you know, do my accounting. I had to learn more and more about email marketing to keep in contact with people. And I had to double down on social media marketing to learn how to still keep my message out there because now people don't have a physical store. Everything was going to be online. And I had to know um, if I wanted to get people to pay online, I had to grow my brand and build their trust in order for people to do that. So for me, it was learning about the systems that I could automate a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the processes in my business to be able to transition to fully online. 
And I just want to say something, and I guess, Karen, if you can, if you can add to this, um, I just want to add, there are a couple of platforms that have really been beneficial to Alpha Suit that I just want to raise, um, because I think that people might be looking for free resources. Um, sure. So some of the platforms that have been excellent for me are Dropbox in terms of file sharing. Um, there is also something called Box, which is really good as well, OneDrive as well, and that is for file and database management. With regards to invoicing, Karen has talked about Wave. There is also QuickBooks, which is excellent as well. Um, and it's something that my business uses. QuickBooks is very intuitive. Um, we've also used booking platforms and a couple of booking platforms. If you are in the coaching industry, Calendly, Acuity, um, Setmore, Checkfront. Um, and with regards to emails, MailChimp is something that we love. Um, so have, a, you know, just check out these things because um, there are a lot of free resources that are available that can help you in this transitioning period. And it really is about just getting online, researching it and, and, and you know, seeing how best it fits with what you're looking for. Um, but those are the ones that has helped for AlphaSuite. Is there yeah. any for yeah, you? Like, yeah, yeah. So... Like for payment processing, right? WePay is free to yeah. register. They charge a transaction fee. You can still use PayPal here yeah. in the Caribbean. They had some glitches, but check to see if your account is good because some people still have a bit of issues, but it, it's still an option for you to use in terms of getting paid online. You have another payment processor called PayWise. You have, um, as you touched on with respect to file sharing, like I use Google Drive. Google Drive gives you 15 yeah. gigs of storage for free, and then you can pay $2 a month for 100 gigs. And then I also use OneDrive as well for file sharing. Wave has been godsend. Wave is free to do all of your invoicing and keep track of all of your expenses as well. Um, so there's definitely some great resources. And even if you're looking at, you know, like a platform to build, social media is free to yeah. sign up, right? Even if you're doing your website, websites don't cost what they did before. You could start a you could start a blog on WordPress for as low as two dollars a month and use a free theme just to start getting your blog out there, right? And then there are cheap themes that you can now install on a platform like WordPress. You could use Wix, Squarespace. They're not ex they're not as expensive as they as they once was, and the learning curve is cut down tremendously for you to again build your platforms and still get paid online. So it's, this, it's, not a, it's not this cumbersome, huge expense like it might have been five, 10 plus years ago. You could get online for very cheap now. Yeah, and, and what I love about the tools like Acuity and um, Wave is that it's so easy to use, right? So you could use it to, so for example, with Wave, right? So I recently invoiced somebody for evaluation. You, you could, uh, it took me about two minutes to go on Wave, put in my, put in my logo, put in my branding. It just looks nice and sleek, sexy, if I may say that word. And <laughs> send that out. And so as opposed to going in Microsoft Word and you're looking for a template yeah. and oh God, yeah. trying to get the color right and trying to get it right, it is aligned. And, um, and acuity. So instead of saying, okay, what time are you free? Thursday, what, one o'clock? No, no, I have a thing at one thirty. Um, you know, so you just send somebody, here's, here's a link to my calendar you pick a time so that works for you and it and it's seamless you know so and all these tools are online again they're free well acuity is free for some time only there's some trial periods and everything but they're, they're cheap right they're not expensive all right so i want to get to trudy john's question it's a and it's a really good question it's something and it's an industry i really want i really want to touch on 
not that I'm, I'm, I'm a big customer in this industry, shame to say. <laughs> but, um, so Trudy says, I'm involved in the fitness industry. How can I leverage posting and being consistent without feeling like I'm giving away too much? How can I monetize when so many options are available? How can you, no, guys, how can you give away too much? That's my, that's my initial question. How, how do you give away too much when you're giving, away, when you're giving out content online? Is, it, is there too much? It depends. <laughs> so it depends. Mm. Giving away your how, your secret sauce, is too much. Yeah. <laughs> you always, always want to craft your content around the what and the why. If you, you, if you use, and again, I, I will send you a webinar to this because I break this down in full, but there are tools that show you everything people is asking for online with a specific topic. There is no such thing as not enough content that you could put out that will answer people's questions or lead them to your paid solutions. And then with respect to monetizing and when there's so other options available, I'm going to leave this for Shelly and I'm just going to segue for her. But this is where your brand comes in. Because you know what the difference is between the Hyatt and Elisa's guest house? They both offer the same thing, a room and a a bed, but it's the experience that you get by the Hyatt is why you pay Hyatt money. And when you go to Alicia's guest house, you're paying their price because you you, you know what you're getting. That's so right, friends, right now, but listen, <laughs> we we mean you no harm. <laughs> we know no harm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you right. and 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 Shelly, you take it from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I about talk somebody else. <laughs> Thank you, Trudy, for this question. And I would say that I believe that there is um, there is the the danger of giving too much away. Um, and you know, I always say, do not give the cow and the milk, right? And if you feel like you're giving the cow and the milk, then you are definitely giving too much. And how do you know when you give the cow and the milk? If what you've produced, there isn't anything else to add on to that, you have given away everything. And what I usually do when I'm releasing content um, is I give an introductory. I tend to give an introductory, a very expansive introductory. And my middle, my so I would have an introduction, which is the which is the thing that holds them in. The middle is really where you know we call that like the pitch, and that is where I give a bit more detail. And the end is where I make a call to action, right? And in making a framework like that, people see the expertise in the middle, and you know they're interested enough to act upon that call of action. So I would, I would suggest, you know, framing your, your, your offering in that way so that you can get people to want to know more about you. Now, with regards to monetization, and let me, let me say this, there is options in abundance. There will always be somebody else that people can access. There's the bread out. Look at the bread out. That is offering what you do. And, you know, you just, you don't, I mean, I'm not saying that you should ignore these people because obviously they're in your space and it's good to know what, what people are in your space are doing. But I think much more emphasis should be placed on your value offering, your unique offering. Um, you know, and I, I can use my own example of, you know, my brand, Shali and Gadget, and, and why people buy into me is simply because you know, I really focus on excellence. I focus on giving advice that is centered around facts and education, um, not just telling you something nice, but also giving you it's very raw and real as well. And that brand voice has stuck throughout. And I think, you know, it is much more around us 
not really trying to become sheep, but really um, remove ourselves from the sheep-like manner and start um, owning, again, owning what it is um, that we offer. And I hear this all the time. Well, Shelly, somebody is doing the exact same thing that I am doing. No, they are not. They are not doing the same thing you are doing and they can never do the same thing that you're doing because they don't do it the way that you do it. The magic is in the method. And when you, when you show that there is a method to this madness and there is a blueprint of, of what you do, there is a, there's an imprint of what you do that is lasting and memorable, people will buy into you. you Forget know, I, I about the options. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I, like, I would like to zone into this industry a little bit because... Yeah. This industry is really it's it's, it's it's a personal right. It's it's yeah. that kind of that kind of one to one relationship, right? So you could go on YouTube, you could put long videos of exercise. Okay, this is how you do a proper burpee. This is how you do a proper deadlift, whatever it is, and you could do that, right? But so just like a couple of years ago, I had a a fitness instructor make the mistake and to tell me, "Hey, Kevin, you know you don't really need you don't really need the gym based on your body type. You just need to eat properly." Right, yeah. and that 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 I mean that and that, that's reason for my for my laziness. But yeah. I think what people would pay for is the result, right? Yeah. So when you're in business, no matter what your business model is, your focus is on how can I provide the solution to the client, yeah. right? Everything else you're doing is really to get the client to you, right? So if you're putting out workout videos and you're saying, okay, this is how I do this, this is how you angle it, make sure your chest is up or, or what have you. And people say, okay, this, okay, Trudy really knows what she's doing. Well, I like this. I like Trudy's style. I like her personality. Exactly. I, like how, I like how she shows up. She might message Trudy and say, Trudy, hey, what's going on? I'm trying to lose up five pounds in my midsection. What would you recommend for me? Okay. This is how I usually eat. This is how I sleep. This is, you know, this is how active I am. This is the kind of job I have. So mm-hmm. if you could personalize that and you could solve that problem for me and take me, take me from 250 pounds in one month to 220 pounds in some months later, then that does it right there. So it's really yeah. about that value you could create for your, for your customer. Yeah. So and I think, I think just to add on, on Trudy's point, you know, as a fitness instructor, what I tend to see with fitness instructors is they, they come on and they basically jump into the exercise. And I think something around speaking to the pains, are you somebody that suffers from eating late at night are you struggling with getting on the treadmill? Are you somebody that is in COVID-19 and just not getting time to exercise? This is the video for you. And you know, just, video for me. Yeah. And you know, just, just getting them engaged with what you're about to offer. Um, and I think, again, that speaking to the audience, really making that connection with the audience first and foremost is important. And start looking at various ways to monetize. Don't monetize. just try to sell your time because you could do things like, you can create different product tiers. Yeah. You can have your free content you put on social media. Your first product tier can be something as simple as an ebook, recipes, exercises that, that tailor to specific types of people. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you're a CEO, here are five exercises you could do while at your desk, and that's a 99 cent download, and you sell on volume, right? Then you could do things like your private online workout classes. And your final product here can be your one-on-one personal training time. So start looking at creating product tiers that where people can buy into you at some way along the funnel and not just we watch you on social media and we go right to personal training. That is your highest product offering. Start creating that, 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 that tier system for people to be able to work with you. Okay. So I see that Kalani Rivers is asking 
for advice on using social media to offer group travel packages to the Caribbean. Now, well, Kalani, so, so, so Kalani, well, I mean, based on advice on using social media to offer group packages, I'm going to go ahead and, and um, I recommend that you book a Discovery Covid Caron, you know, so and he will, he'll, he'll break that out for you. Um, travel packages to the Caribbean. I feel you'll have a lot of challenges with that right now. So. Oh, man, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know, group travel package. I want to, yeah, I want a travel package. No, I'll take that. All right. So, Karen <laughs> Aline, he asks, due to the pandemic, I had to postpone the majority of projects carded for 2020. I am now in the process of reinventing the business. And while there were digital tools integrated into the business to some extent, I now have to go back to the drawing board. Okay. Oh, gosh, Karen, how yeah. lovely. How do I manage the portfolio of digital initiatives that I'm researching without suffering from analysis paralysis? Outside of digital and, and analytics, are there other ways to check the test and learn approach for what works best using digital tools? That's a serious question. There, no, there is no, <laughs> no other way. From Karen to Karen, there is no substitute for testing. I will tell you this. Every single, and Kevin will laugh about this, but every single webinar I've done in the last two weeks was always planned the day of because I was testing. I would literally learn a feature in my software and be like, oh, shoot, this is amazing. I need to test this out. And then grab a topic that I might have spoken on from before and turn it into a full live webinar. But that would allow me to test out the, the, the software so I can start to build out better and better webinars, right? There is no substitute for testing. Analysis is always going to be there, but at some point, you just have to jump in there, make the mistakes so that you can learn, oh, shoot, I bumped my head. The very first paid webinar I did, I wanted to ball because how I set it up, I, did, I set it up thinking um, I would be able to create this paywall and do it, but what ended up happening was when I did the webinar, everything went fine in terms of, you know, people being able to buy their ticket into the webinar, but I didn't foresee an issue where how I did it and set it up, the chat for the webinar was blocked and people couldn't talk to me via the chat. I would have never have known such a minor thing like that would have happened until I actually did it. So there is no, there's, no, there's nothing that's going to replace testing. You just have to test make your mistakes, try to minimize the exposure of those mistakes and learn from it. And the quicker you can learn from it is the quicker you can jump back on and, and, uh, and move forward. You know, I've been, I've been thinking on, um, no, no, that's an excellent response, right? But um, I've been thinking on Kalani's question mm-hmm. on, I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, about, the, about yeah. using social media to offer group travel packages to the Caribbean. And I mean, it would be great you know, if we could, you know, it, I guess it's, 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 um, it's kind of, it's very, it's very optimistic. It's like, oh yes, you know, a, a time when we could, when we could travel again. So let's just kind of, when we look past COVID and we, okay. we yeah. get past this, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. So Shelly, what do you think? Do you have any advice using social media? I know, I know you love social media. you got the engagement and everything to offer group travel packages to the Caribbean. Um, I think that that's interesting. And what I would say is your, for, for right now, I would say that your, your best bet is to try to create, and not even try, but endeavor 
to build up a client database, right? So that means getting a landing page up where you can get the information of people at the moment. So the closest thing to sales right now is an email address from a potential or a potential customer. Um, so I would strongly suggest that you try to build up that database and you can use a few platforms to do that. So for instance, Wix is an, is an excellent space for creating a landing page. There's also something called Jotform, um, which is a free build a platform builder where you can let people sign up a form um, in terms of their interest and you are able to get you know, to get that database going. Uh, OneDrive and Google Docs is also something that you can use. And of course, using your link in social media, that link um, for that form in your social media bio to be able to drive people to that, to that link. I would also say as well that, you know, in this free time as well, you, what you want to do is to start testing out people's appetite for this. Um, and, you know, social media, especially Instagram, because Instagram is really where I um, reside. And I would say that there are great engagement tools on Instagram that people are not using enough of. So from the polls to the questions to um, the slider um, emotions in terms of, you know, whether people are interested in something or not, I think that that should be heavily used to find out if this is something that is in demand. Now, you might be wondering content, you know, how do I create content and what is a great platform for creating content, especially if I'm not in marketing? Um, how do I introduce this as a very attractive initiative that I'm trying to build an audience for? And I'd strongly suggest Canva. Right, so Canva is a free platform where you can get templates, marketing templates. You put on group travel packages to the Caribbean, subscribe to our mailing list, and you put that in your stories, tell people to click the link in the bio, and you generate that client database. And I think that that is what can happen right now, really building up that audience in the COVID-19 time. And then once you have a, an audience that is attractive enough and you think you can start to monetize, moving, of course, from, from, from building up that engagement to actually converting it to sales. Yeah. So... so uh, Oh, I'll add. I'll, I'll I'll give my little two cents on that. <laughs> um, so for one, I think you should really start to research what are the countries that are going to be offering some of the best deals when they're looking to open up. Like right before this, uh, right before this webinar, I see that Sicily's government or the people running Sicily said that they're willing to pay half of your ticket airfare. If you were going to come out to sit, if you're going to come out to Sicily, so if they're thinking that chances are there's probably a bunch of deals to be had, so I would start to research that. And then, with respect to you wanting to do group packaging, I would focus on curating travel packages for groups and start breaking down what are the various types of groups, what type of what type of groups like to go on trips. So that could be family trips, it could be bachelor trips, girls trips, guys trips. Um, trips with kids, any sort of group that you could think of, start to jot that down and start to, start to curate what kind of experience would those particular groups have in specific countries and re reverse engineer from that. Yeah, because yeah. really, really and truly, so a lot of the industries that will be um, severely affected by COVID, all right? So I think for those, for those companies, the, the goal really should be 
relationship management, relationship building, right? And like what, like what Shelly says, engaging with the people there. See, what destinations do you want to go to? What sort of experiences are you looking for? And I saw this really cool thing on Facebook yesterday where you, you got to take like a, a, a three, six day virtual um, look at Maracas Beach. So see how much you could offer. You could offer that, you know, like, yeah, so you click your mouse and you go around and you, you get to look at the water. You look at the sign. Yeah. Yeah. I think you saw the, um, you saw the bacon shark sign and everything. So again, it's really about creative, about being creative and resilient and, and determining, all right, how can I solve the problem that, that people have, right? So you could, you could feed into that, into people's need for, for discovery and everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I like that. Okay. Who we have next? Oh, is is that it? Is that it? Let me just check. Let me just check the. um... And Melinda, I believe Melinda asked, "Is it competitive Caribbean?" And yes, Melinda, it is competitive Caribbean that I spoke of. Oh yes, so that is it. All right, and we just. Kevin, one second. I think we have one, one more. Um, sorry, this is Zara. Um, Hi, Zara. Just seeing. (laughs) Hi, I'm just seeing one left in the chat here. And it's asking about once you started connecting and engaging locally, do you have any tips for how to extend that to a global reach? Oh, nice. Who wants to touch that? <laughs> what was the question again? Do once you... you've connected and engaged locally, what tips what is... do you all have to extend globally? Um, oh, I would answer pretty... that because I would answer that because um, with regards to Alpha Suit, that is exactly what happened. I built, I mean, when I launched Alpha Suit, I came back to Trinidad and Tobago and I launched Alpha Suit in Trinidad and I did a lot of PR because my intention is to serve the Caribbean. That is what Alpha Suit was built for. Um, but now, you know, the majority of my audience is actually from the US and now the Caribbean. So um, the US has taken a step up. But with regards to extending the audience um, globally, how is it that I did that? And it really came down to my networks. Um, you know, especially if it is, and, and there is something around using, again, using your identity as utility, something that can be bartered, something that can be exchanged. And I use LinkedIn uh, to really create those commercial connections with people and getting people to buy into my brand. Now, one of the easiest ways to do it, especially on social media, is through collaborations. And when I first started off with you, that was something that I really did a lot, um, a lot with. So I invited people to come onto my platform and to share their expertise. Um, and simply because they have an audience that I would like to tap into, they have the large audience which I was trying to create, and it was about tapping into their expertise and into their market, and really understanding, you know, what does your business lack. And how can you create a collaboration that is mutually beneficial with somebody that is outside of your market? And you can do that regionally um, as well. Another way that I was able to build um, Alpha Student Extended globally as well is making um, making the the brand itself uh, take up space in in on take up space on the online in the online world um, for businesses that were based out in the UK or out in the US. So for instance, I would have been a contributor for a career blog that is based in the US. Um, and it's, it's really about digital footprint. Um, and I'm sure Karen would have a bit more to say about that, but really ensuring that, you know, you are somebody that is searchable um, and you are somebody that 
is able to show that this is the expertise that I offer. These are the networks that I have, and this is how I can be of mutual benefit, benefit to you. In this time, relationships are pivotal. It's one of the reasons why I'm on here right now. It's, and it's simply because of my relationship, um, professional relationship with Kevin. Um, and also simply because, um, you know, when you, when you announce what it is you do, people take, take heed. And there's an extensive amount of networking that needs to happen. Um, if you want to tap into the global market. So what I would say is keep in mind that when you, when, when you put your, yourself out there, whether it's social media or website, the world has access to it. So one of the things that I routinely do on my social media is I show people where in the world people viewed my blogs, where in the world people view my website. I get, so that for me, the second largest country that reads all of my content is the US. The third is South Africa. And I get people from South Africa that reach out to me. And the key for your content should be local focus, global reach, and creating contextual content for your region. Because what happens is the people that do reach out to me from other countries aren't looking for me to say the exact same things as the people in their market. They want me to showcase what is happening in the Caribbean region or in Trinidad so they could say, oh, okay, this worked in Trinidad Maybe we could take this strategy and implement it into our market. A lot of the times when we have people here in Trinidad that create content, they're creating this generic content that any and everybody could use, but it doesn't show the depth of your knowledge with respect to what is happening into your market. So again, when you create um, content that's specific to your region, there are people that are going to be visiting your website or visiting your social media because they do want to see what it is that you're, or what's happening in, in that part of the world so that they can get some insights on whether because they're trying to enter the market or they want to take those tips and bring it back to their market. Okay, guys. So we are at 241. <laughs> so that's uh, all on 41 minutes we've been going. So I think it's a, it's a great time for us to wrap. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give you guys open mic, open forum, open platform. You know how it goes. So to say anything that you, you want to get out to the audience that you didn't get to say. Um, Shelly, go ahead. Say, say that again, uh, Kevin. Yes, I'm, I'm giving you guys open mic, open forum, open platform to say anything to the audience that you, that you want to make sure and drive home that you may not have covered today. Um, right. I think, you know, I, I want to say that we are in a really exciting time. Uh, it's a trying time, but it's an exciting time for business. Um, and it's an exciting time for us as individuals as well. Um, it's an opportunity for us to really step into our greatness and to really get clear on living on our terms, right? And we're seeing that um, based on us being in COVID-19, you know, yes, we are employed still. Um, but one of the things that I, I want you know the viewers to remember is that we are in a place of power. Um, in order for us to be optimum uh, working from home, 
home, we have to tell our employers what is needed for us to be optimum. And that is because we're juggling home, we're juggling kids, we're juggling um, trying to create a space and an environment that we can thrive in. And employers want to ensure that they keep that money going. Um, so employees and individuals are in a place of power at the moment. And it's, it's, it's a really great space to be in. And it comes down to, you know, how do we use that and how do we communicate that and leverage upon that? Um, so I, I, I would say that this is the time to take those risks. These are the times to take those challenges. That project that you wanted to start, get, get um, on it. Uh, a, a great example is that today I shared on my platform Harvard offering 69 free online courses. Right? Um, never before has Harvard done that. And we're seeing so much information being made available to us and industries recognizing that we need to upskill and this is the time to do so. So, you know, for those that have talked about not being confident, not being sure about the direction, please continue to be curious in this time. Please continue to tap into these free webinars. Continue to tap into the experts. Follow the experts and see what it is they're doing. Ask those questions. Troubleshoot um, in this time so that we can really reap the dividends in the end. And, of course, I must plug in Alpha Stute. That is um, a, a resource that, and a platform that you can activate uh, for those of you who are career transitioning. I have successfully career transitioned from law to business, um, and I also help persons with regards to their purpose and getting online. So please, please, please tap into our free resources. We are here to help, and you are not alone. That's what I want to say. Love it. Karen, you're up. Man, start where you are. Yeah. Take stock of the skills you currently have. Take stock of your interests and passions because it doesn't matter whether you went to the fanciest school. It doesn't matter whether you dropped out of school or never completed school. Anybody can turn anything that they are passionate about into a business. I dropped out of college because I had a mandatory course in my computer networking and system technology that required me to do web design. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not for the life of me code in Dreamweaver to build this damn thing. And I was beyond frustrated 10 plus years ago. Now I build websites for myself and I coach people on how to build their own and build their other digital assets. And I learned all of this out of sheer passion to grow Droid Island. And that was the business I was very passionate about. Learning smartphones, how they worked and how people could use them, whether it would be for personal or for business. I just always had a passion about that technology. And I was able to turn my passion for technology into a business. So whether you are going through the route of you're, you're in school, you went to school, you got a degree, um, maybe the employment field is saturated, you can turn that same degree into a business of your own. But if it is that you did not go to school or maybe you went and, you, and, you're, and you're doing something else, you can build a business on your passion. Start where you are. You don't need the fanciest equipment. Um, you can use your, 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 your cell phone to start um, putting yourself out there. Just start, make, I don't know if anybody watched Magic School Bus. 
Kevin uh, Shelley, you guys have watched Magic School Bus back yes, in the day? I have, indeed, yes. Yeah, have. You know where Shelly I'm going to go with this. You know where I'm going to go with this. Yep, I know Miss exactly. Frizzle, Miss Frizzle had the greatest saying to date, where she said, get messy, make mistakes. Listen, don't be afraid to get messy and make your mistakes because at the end of the day, we all bounce ahead. I know Shelly has bounced ahead. Kevin has bounced his head. I have bounced my head, but we learn, put yourself back out there and you keep on moving. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's been, it's been some weeks now that the Become Investable team has been thinking about this because we saw the plethora of webinars and lives and everything that was happening. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, we, and we, you're having our company, our team discussion, you're saying, hey, it is our duty as a company, especially in this space, in this in this um small and medium sized entrepreneur space and ecosystem, to to reach out to people during this time and give people some sort of guidance, right? But we didn't want to do it in that in a cheap manner. We didn't want to do it for the sake of just getting attention, right? Anytime we step up, we want to make sure that what we're doing, you know, adds a lot of value and. You know, and we, and I mean, Shelly, Karen, you, you know, we've had countless conversations on this. We've had, we've had a number of prep, of prep meetings on this just to make sure that it, you know, it comes out right. So it's really overwhelming and it's really, I'm really happy to see that it was really webinar was fully subscribed you know we got a lot of got a lot of <laughs> registrations and everything i think we may need to maybe need to get a higher zoom package so we can accommodate more people next time <laughs> you know but um again we really thank everybody for coming to this first become investable roundtable discussion if you want to follow become investable on social media we are again become investable linkedin facebook Instagram, we're very light on Instagram, but we know we'll build it up, you know, maybe with Shelly's with Shelly's guidance. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> right. And of course you can check out becomeinvestable.com for our existing content and our our videos and whatnot. And I mean with that, we're gonna have our next session in two weeks from now. So that's May twelfth. So you'll um, keep keep posted to our channels for information on that. But until then, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Sorry it took twice as long as we originally planned. Shelly, I know it's almost nighttime. Yes, it's, it is nighttime, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shelly, where can we find you? Tell, tell everybody where they can find you, Shelly. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. So my handle is SA underscore Gachida. Um, you can also find me on Alpha Suits. And of course, I, I believe that Zara would have put that in the chat. Um, but yes, you can find me on Alpha Suits. And that is basically, and Zara was kind enough to, to repost it. But yes, uh, right. you can find me on website as well as social media. And if you mm. want to find me, Karen Rose, just go into Google type in Karen <laughs> 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 and everything is there <laughs> Mr. search engine optimization but just just be mindful that when you go on Karen Rose website he's watching everything you do <laughs> he's watching every single alright guys that is, um, yeah, that's get ready to wrap it up hey thanks again everybody for participating you know get back into your into what you're doing today i'm not gonna go with the same okay stay sanitized wash your hands and everything you know that already <laughs> just have a have a great time and just keep thinking about okay how can i solve somebody's problem and when you make when you make the problem bigger than you you will find the confidence you'll, you'll find the resilience you'll find the creativity to deliver what it is that you need to what you need to deliver I all need. right yeah. thanks all thank you bye